everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. It's one of the Premier League's biggest games this weekend as Manchester United take on Liverpool, uh, one of the oldest rivalries in the league. I'm Aaron Flanagan here to preview that game and joining me in the studio this week is uh, Matty Lawless, uh, the online editor for Mirror Football. Matty, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, we're joined by Alex Richards. How are you doing, Alex? Not too bad, Aaron. And Mark Jones is back with us. How are you, Mark? Good, mate, yeah. Good stuff. I say we're going to be looking ahead to the big game for the weekend. We're also going to be hearing from Louis Garcia, uh, former Liverpool midfielder, who I spoke to uh, a little earlier on today. Uh, but to start, um, Man United versus Liverpool. I don't know about you guys, but I always think it's a fixture that kind of flatters to deceive. It always gets this big build-up, and uh, and then they just kind of they're occasionally a little bit dull. Certainly has been recently. Um, certainly the last couple of games at Anfield, where where Mourinho kind of like parked about seven buses in his own half and um, and Liverpool couldn't get through. Uh, I thought last season's game was alright with one all. Um, Liverpool probably did enough to win and then I- 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 Ibrahimovic got a goal towards the end. Um, it's quite... I know what you mean in terms of... It doesn't have that sort of free-flowing. I mean, the likes of Arsenal, Tottenham tends to have quite a lot more goals, doesn't it? And a bit more incident. And uh, this tends to be a bit different. Um, it's just, the, the rivalry is still as intense today as, as, it, as it ever has been, though. Yeah, so given that... Um Obviously, they're both going for second place in the table. Does that add maybe a little bit more, a little bit more spice to it? I hope so because I can't actually remember any of the recent games between them. Um, I think the last one I can actually give you a good account of is Desainer just from memory scoring oh. in the four-one. One moment, that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Berbatov got a hat trick as well in yeah. one. Um, but I mean, we got we got, got a hat trick in one. We're going back half a decade to to, to remember them games, though, aren't we? I remember Torres destroying Vidic. Um, Vidic used to get sent off in every single game. Remember, he got it was like four red cards in a row against yeah. Liverpool. Something that that the hat trick, which was from a combined distance of about a yard, um, he was he was sort of like on on the, on the spot. Um, but yeah, it's, as I say, it, it, it it's it's not been great in recent times. I just think there's a lot on it, and there's it is it's a game that neither team kind of want to lose and, and um, that's why there's been a lot of draws recently which both teams kind of take and they'll probably take as well on Saturday What, what were the results last season? 0-0 uh, and 1-1 one, 1-1 one, 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 one at Old Trafford And then the year before there was the Europa League Yeah, I, I that remember was Coutinho one. scoring at Old Trafford Yeah, the Liverpool beat them 2-0 at Anfield and should have been more um, Yeah, as I say it's. I mean, there, there was in the Moyes time where Liverpool went there and won quite easily but I mean, Vidic was sent off again 3-0 Gerrard 3-0 all the penalties uh, obviously the 4-1 um, United won 3-0 a couple of years back where um, they won 3-0 but David De Gea was man of the match he, he, he saved everything and they, they attacked three times and scored three times we've had Brad Jones in goal which is a bit of a mismatch with, with, uh, with De Gea but um, <laughs> thankfully he won't be there to, on, on Saturday Yeah, um, Obviously early this season like you mentioned earlier Mark uh, Jose Mourinho just parked the bus um, mm. United shut up shop and they got a clean sheet uh, Matty can United afford to kind of set up so defensively again and, and would nil nil be a good result? No, it wouldn't be. Um, just look at Monday night when they played Crystal Palace and the best change Jose Mourinho made was when he went for you know all out attack and it was a great change and it changed the game around and they got the win because of that and Palace were very unlucky but at the same time it showed you the, the, the quality Man United they've got going forward and that is their real strength. It's certainly not at the back at the moment and I think Man United have got to go and match Liverpool like for like, haven't they? And, and both teams is the attacking prowess that is their strength. Yeah. So a, a nil-nil draw, Aaron, I, would, I wouldn't say is, is a good result for Man United because, if anything, I see Liverpool having a stronger end to the season. Yeah, um, alluded to the defence there. Obviously, it's probably United's defence's toughest task of the season coming up against, obviously, 
uh, Salah, Firmino, Mane, all in form. Um, are they good enough to stop them? I think I think it, it's not just a defence issue, is it? You know, it's going to be a whole team stopping them. Um, they they are good enough. They've shown it before. They showed it earlier in the season when they drew 0-0. Um, as to whether they will or not, it's, it's a tough ask to keep those three all quiet for 90 minutes and not give away any chances. Um, the onus is on United to dictate the game, to dominate. They're at home. Um, if you're not going to leave space on the counter for those three, you know, it's difficult to do that. Um, yeah, the midfield's got to be more compact, hasn't it? And I think like with Pogba, like, when you give him a bit of a free roll, he can sort of drift and... What happened uh, against Palace, where he was sort of running around, uh, doing whatever he likes? There was holes, you know, and Liverpool can easily exploit that. Mm. So United do need someone who can just sit there and shore up a little. They're, bit. they're very, very slow against Palace United. I thought the first forty-five yeah. minutes when they had the they had the ball, um, but you never really thought, oh, we're going to break them down here. Um, everything was sideways, across, go back, back five yards, back ten yards, you know. Players having three, four touches when they could have done it in one or two. It's a bit slow, a bit sluggish. I think it's something that Liverpool, as this season has gone on, you know, they lose Coutinho, a player that likes to have three, four, five touches. They've got a midfield now where it's it's one touch ball forward, mm. and that has really enhanced their attack and got the best out of the front three. Yeah. Uh, from United's perspective, is it safe to say then that this actually beating Crystal Palace on Monday night has just kind of papered over the cracks um, that were that were showing? I don't know about cracks, but I mean, the performance of the first 50 minutes was so disappointing. You know, the two goals down and they're playing really poorly. I imagine Mourinho was furious with a second goal when a quick free kick just had Patrick Van Arnold running through. Um, let's, let's get it straight. United are a, a good side. Liverpool are a good side. They're second and third for a reason. Just Manchester City are so far ahead and on a completely different level right now. Um, United have a game next week as well to get into the Champions League. It's a big group of games for them. It's a big five days. Um, you know, Matty says it's a must-win for United. If if they do draw, it, they still remain two points clear of Liverpool with eight games left. Yeah. You know, they'd have taken mm. they'd have taken that at the start of the season. You just wouldn't have expected Manchester City to be twenty odd points ahead. I think I think a draw would be a much better result for Liverpool than it would be for for United. Not just because they're away, but um, I just think Liverpool's run. Since they drew with Spurs, Liverpool have won those three games since then. It was really important that they won those games going into, going into the United one because I think it's almost a little bit of a free hit for Liverpool. Um, United, I think the pressure is on them. Um, I think they they kind of want to want to sort of shake Liverpool off and, and you know finish a good second. I think prove that they are the best of the rest. Um, so I'd say the onus is more on them on, on Saturday than Liverpool really. Yeah, um, and, and would you give them a lot of momentum if United were to win going into as El said crucial five days with Seville to come. Yeah, well, I say, and we're at the crucial part of the season as well, especially for both teams in the Champions League as well. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool, of course, have already qualified for the quarterfinals. They they qualified weeks ago with the uh, the five and win of a Porto. It was just a formality. Uh, this <laughs> great midweek. game, wasn't it? Did you watch that? It was, it was a great game. That nil nil. I think it <laughs> was one shot. It was. Good. Um, yeah. yeah th- th- thankfully, I, di- I didn't sit through it. Um, <laughs> I was stupid enough to sit through the City Basel game, which was dull. Um, anyway, um, the. Um, from Liverpool's perspective, uh, we we mentioned off air, Mark uh, Virgil Van Dijk. This is his first big away game uh, mm. for Liverpool. Kind of his first real task to prove what he's made of. Um, is he going to be up to the task of a, a big occasion? I think so. He's he's been quietly. I know there, there was a couple of early burmers in his first couple of weeks where people were looking at him and he wasn't he wasn't quite his best. But the last few weeks he has been fantastic. I think he's 
he's just got confidence about him. He's got an air about him, and he's almost like he, he, he's quite a funny one because he, he does make mistakes, and he has he has made a mistake in almost every game he's played. But he's almost like whereas earlier in the season, uh, most memorably uh, Dejan Lovren at, at Tottenham when he had that nightmare, when Liverpool players make mistakes, heads fell off and they went. Um, Van Dijk will make a mistake, and he's like, "It's all right, lads. It's fine. It'll be, it'll be all right." You know, and 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 he's almost kind of like he turned around the other day to uh, Trent, Trent Alexander Arnold. He was looking a bit nervous. He's like, "It's all right." You know, it's almost like, and it's, he's he's brought a calmness. You've seen it with uh, Loris Carius as well. He's, he's he's brought a calmness to that defence, which I've not seen for a long time watching Liverpool. Um, and they're, they're keeping clean sheets, and and you know, Carius is suddenly looking like a goalkeeper, which which, which no one no one thought. And yeah, there's no question marks having yeah. it. Yeah, you know, he's he's the number one. That's it, and he's, he seems to have just brought. It's calmness, and it's almost you know he's 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 made whoever's played alongside him, be it Lovren or Matip, um, he's made them better. You've got Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, on one side. Andy Robertson has been fantastic on on uh, left back, so they they just look better. They just look more solid. But as you say, it's 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 the first sort of big test away. I can't wait. I've got to say, I'm fascinated by the duel that we're going to see between. Van Dijk and Romelu Lukaku because suddenly Lukaku's in decent form as well and he looks like he's that bullying sort of uh, battering ram of a striker again but with pace so I think that's the real duel to keep an eye on on, on, uh, on Saturday mm. I'm sure we'll talk about Alexis Sanchez in a minute so <laughs> I won't just uh, go into more detail but I mean that's the key battle for me it's Van Dijk versus Lukaku yeah well You've, you've led us on to it, Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> um, he's um, he's not really done anything since he's signed. It's weird United, because like watching him on Monday, he didn't seem to fit within that side. At Arsenal, he was very much the vocal point of their attack, and at Manchester United, he's still like you know just sort of playing where he wants it in a way, and just sort of making up the numbers. And mm. he, he he lost the ball so many times, infuriating. I'm not a Manchester United fan, but watching it at home, I just it was so. Frustrating to see a player of his quality, the ball just didn't stick to him at all. He's al- he's always done that. Though. He's always yeah. given the ball, like, even at Arsenal, he gave the ball away a lot. I suppose yeah. you could do that, at Arsenal. Yeah. Where is where is sort of the spearhead of that attack? If you lose the ball, okay, goes to the keeper, we we'll start mm. again. But he's losing the ball in key areas, like in the yeah. middle of the park. It, it, is he suffering then because he's not the one main man? Uh, like he was at Arsenal, Arsenal were very much reliant on Sanchez mm. pulling things out of the bag. You know, pulling out these these individual moments that would yeah. win a game. Whereas at United, there's potentially five six players who and, who can do that. And it coincides with Lukaku's sort of um, resurgence in form because now he is the lead guy in the attack, and you can't possibly replace him with Sanchez at the moment. But for me, it does come down to positioning and where he is, and it doesn't look to me that he's comfortable at all there. What would you say? Al? Uh, he, he has a thing of he prefers to play on that left hand side because he can cut in on his right foot and shoot and get shots away um, he also I, I don't know if it's him that said it or Jose Mourinho said he likes him to play in that number 10 role I've always had a thing with him that I, I personally like him on the right when he has a when he has a role where his, his instructions are clearly defined that okay you're not going to do whatever you want you're going to specifically do this like he had um, in his first year at Barcelona and I think that gets the best out of him, <clears throat> rather than just letting him go off and you know go here, go there, go everywhere. You give him a set of specific instructions where, okay, I know you've got the energy to do all of this, but I want you to clearly channel it and focus it. I want you to beat that fullback. I want you to go in that gap. I want you to play the ball inside and then go for the one-two. I feel he's better in a way when he's given that specific set 
rather than just being told, I'll just go and do what you want. I'm not sure how much kind of attacking work Man United do in training because you, you sort of you get the impression that Mourinho's you know he'll get these players, these names, Lukaku, Sanchez, and all that stuff. I don't. I'm not sure in terms of them working together. How much they actually work on it in training? Whereas you look, using, do it, yeah, and using Liverpool as an example, uh, who they're playing that front three. You see them working together, and uh, Roberto Firmino goes one way, which means Salah goes another way, which pressing a certain player. Um, I'm not entirely sure how much how much work you know Sanchez will will do on the training ground with Lukaku, or if they're told to link up, or if it's just Mourinho going right. Here's my defence. My defence is sorted. You expensive guys up front, yeah. you're going to score a goal. Here's the here's the shape when we lose the ball. Yeah. when when we get it back. You basically set all like this, but just go do it. Whereas you know Guardiola and Man City, they split the pitch into like twenty odd boxes yeah. in training, and then they're just right. When this ball goes here, you should all be there, mm. here, bang, and do it that way. Yeah, and, and that's not clear with United. I, if it was down to me, I would actually pick Marcus Rashford over Alexis Sanchez for that reason because he has a clear defined role. When he plays for United, and I thought when he came on, he he mastered that left side, and he was cutting in, and he was causing a lot of trouble, and that's exactly what Sanchez needs to be doing. Whether he's scoring or not, he needs to be causing problems to yeah. Liverpool. I think part of an issue as well is that they've gone with this four-three-three lately because this is the way that you get the best out of Paul Pogba, playing him on that left side of a three, and you've got Matic sitting and Scott McTominay doing all sorts. You've got Sanchez playing wide left, right next to Pogba. And Sanchez naturally wants to tuck inside, going into the positions where Pogba wants to drive into. They're both players that want to take four or five touches and do something special, you know. So, do they kind of overlap one another, get in one another's way? Are you best? Is your best bet having Pogba, if you're going to play in this midfield three, having Pogba in that position, but then having Sanchez on the opposite side, where they don't get in one another's way so much? Yeah. Uh, now, very quickly before we speak to Luis Garcia and hear what he's got to say ahead of the game, uh, let's just get your predictions. Uh, for the game uh, Man United versus Liverpool Alex I will start with you uh, which way do you see it going? A very tight Manchester United win OK OK tight Man United win Matty? 2-1 Manchester United Another tight United win Mark? 2-1 Liverpool 2-1 Liverpool I'm going 0-0 I, 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 <laughs> I think if, if United are going to win I think it'll be a, a tight win I think if, if Liverpool Go there and win. I think Liverpool win well. It's a it's, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a game that turns on the first goal, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, if United get the first goal, they're shutting up shop. If Liverpool get the first goal, then United have got to attack, which leaves more space for Liverpool. Which so. happened against Chelsea, didn't it? Yeah, and United got a two-one win. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Louis Garcia uh, spoke to him earlier today. Uh, here's what he had to say uh, ahead of this fixture. Louis Garcia, really appreciate you joining us on the Mirror Football Podcast. Uh, first of all, Louis, uh, how are you? How, how's life treating you at the moment? Ah, thank you very much for having me today, and uh, all good uh, here in Madrid. Try to bring the fan back to Spain. It's quite cold, but everything okay. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Uh, so we're going to speak to you about the Europa League very shortly because we know you're in Madrid uh, for the Europa League and with the Europa League trophy. Uh, but first of all, obviously we're an English podcast. We want to speak to you about the the, the current Liverpool team, if, if possible. Um, just how highly do you rate this uh, this current Liverpool team under under Jurgen Klopp? Well, I think it's, it's, it's arrived in the moment where um, Liverpool is getting ready to, to face all teams and try to fight back and win a trophy. If you look at the team right now, they look so strong at front, uh, gloomy field, and, uh, and the back is getting more consistent that it was something that was worried uh, the club from the game. So now looks uh, a very strong team. Sometimes uh, 
you will enjoy more the, the, the game than others, but the results are arriving and, well, um, they're going through to the next round of Champions League. They are at the top of the table uh, behind uh, United and City, of course, is, is very far away, but uh, that doesn't mean that the, the things are not going well. So, to be honest, we, we have to give a lot of credit to Jurgen Klopp and all the players that have been arriving in the last couple of years. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the Champions League there, uh, safely through after beating Porto over two legs. Um, you've played in a Champions League winning Liverpool team. Um, just what does this Liverpool team have to do if they're going to go on and and go all the way in the Champions League this season? Well, one of the things that uh, it was when we were uh, playing it, it was to, to be very strong at the back, to uh, to build the, the, the games from from the defense and, and build it forward, we we always knew that uh, we had players up front who can finish a game, who can uh, decide one game in just one action, and that's something that the Liverpool is going right now. Uh, like I said, if you have a look to the front from four, from five players they are playing uh, lately, you see that uh, all of them attract you in a game and, and create something from from nowhere. And uh, the, the, the worry thing that it was at the beginning of the season uh, about uh, uh, allowing too much danger to the to the keeper and, and receiving so many goals uh, is not anymore uh, an issue. I think with the arrival of Van Dijk and uh, and a couple more uh, with uh, Robertson on the on the one side and, and Arnold on the other side, uh, Klein coming back soon and some other players that they are getting fitted after coming back from injury. I think the, the team looks very strong and it's a, it's a, the decisive moment. Uh, we are in March and here is where everything uh, becomes more important. Every game is a final. So I think that the, the teams look very strong and uh, why not it could be the year where uh, Liverpool is back to, to, to a final of Champions League. Absolutely. So we'd like to see them back in a final, uh, especially after the thrilling three-all uh, uh, AC Milan tie um, this weekend. Uh, Liverpool take on Manchester United in the Premier League. Always a, a really intense uh, fixture. Uh, Lewis, what, what are your memories of uh, of playing in that fixture against Manchester United? Uh, always, always, uh, like you said, so passionate uh, games. You know that. It's one of the biggest games in the in the world of football. You know, in England, it's around the world. Everybody is expecting to to see that game. And uh, in this occasion, uh, yeah, <laughs> one behind the other one, and uh, uh, trying to get that second position. That it's true that it doesn't change much, but uh, the competition in between them and the rivalry is always uh, something that matters uh, to to all the supporters. Uh, that. Uh, they leave this, this game a bit differently than the, the rest of them. So I think it's going to be a very intense. And to be honest, I see very strong Liverpool. Uh, United had uh, a few uh, games where where it was well. Uh, we saw last last weekend uh, that they were losing to to nil, and well, they finished. Uh, they, well, they managed to to get the three two in a, an amazing comeback. So uh, I think it's it's very difficult to to give a call to this one and, and, and know who is going to get it. But like I said, Liverpool looks quite strong. Yeah, do you believe that Liverpool's front line, obviously with Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino, Sadio Mane, yeah, uh, will have enough to to break down United this weekend? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yes, well, they've been doing it for the last few months, and uh, and the most important is that there is not only one player to play. There is so many players right now that uh, from the front three or from four uh, that they are playing that can break any any defense because uh, they are far the technique, the talent is is amazing. So. Um, uh, it can come from a, from a set piece. It can come from a combination. It can come from uh, from a, a 
counter-attack that they, they are doing so well because of, uh, of the speed that they got. So, and there are a few different uh, types of, of way that Liverpool is playing and uh, the pressure they do when, when they are defending, I think, is fantastic. So, um, yeah, I can see, the, I can see them uh, scoring goals uh, this weekend. Good stuff. Um, I say the Liverpool fans still regularly sing your name on the terrace, even now after kind of obviously you've been away for a, a few years. Um, how does that make you feel that you're kind of a, a cult hero at Anfield? Well, honour, I have to say, <laughs> say like, because it's been so many years and uh, well, the connection is still there. Uh, I've received so many messages from them when when they sing the song at Anfield or, or the Travelling Cup, and it's something very special for a player that uh, yeah, not just that the, you. Made a song to you. The also that even so many years have passed, and they still sing it. So I know that we are connection, and it's both sides. So I'm 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 very honored, happy to, but I'll try to have to join them every time that I can. And I do a lot of work for the for the club as an ambassador when we travel to to Asia and on the position tour. So well, I think the the love is from the both sides. Good stuff. Um. Onto the Europa League, because uh, we know you are currently in Madrid on behalf of Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Uh, you're going to be surprising a local academy in Madrid uh, with the Europa League trophy ahead of uh, Atletico Madrid's uh, tie with Lokomotiv Moscow, which is obviously uh, a great occasion. Um, Atletico are the favourites uh, for the Europa League. Uh, obviously, I know we have a bit of English interest uh, in the competition with Arsenal, but uh, can you see uh, Atletico going the whole way, um, given, given the fact that they are probably the, the strongest team in the competition? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You mentioned we are here with the Prize and Takah, and we are going to be traveling around Madrid. And also, we got a clinic with them, with some of the kids. They are working here, uh, very important, and with the trophy, showing the trophy to to all the supporters of the Europa League. And uh, well, uh, to, to be honest, yes, Atletico Madrid. It looks uh, now that after the last weekend, uh, they had that. Uh, um, Sadly, bad game against uh, Barcelona. The league looks uh, quite far away, and they are going to have to to concentrate in the Europa League. They, they got an amazing team, um, and once again with uh, a very strong defense and uh, fantastic player in front. So, well, Lokomotiv is doing uh, so well at the in their own league uh, at the top of the table after quite a while, and uh, well, I'm sure that they, they will uh, make. Uh, sweat a lot to Atletico Madrid because uh, they play back in, in Crush it's quite difficult to play against them. Yeah, so does a kind of being out of the title race motivate Atletico to obviously uh, maybe take the Europa League a little more seriously because maybe Barcelona are a little too far out of reach? Well, after after if you see what Simeone does on the on the bench, you can imagine that no one game, even a friendly game, they are going to get relaxed. So don't give all hundred percent. So I doubt it a lot. Um, they they're going to try of course to win the Europa League but they've done it from the very beginning the same like with the with the Spanish Cup that they went out but you could see that they it mattered them a lot to, to Atletico Madrid fans and to the club because at the end it's a club that needs to needs to get trophies it's at the top of the table it's been trying to fight for all the competition from the last four, five, six years and right now this year the only one is left is the Europa League so they have to give everything. Yeah, they will fight on the league, of course, to, to keep the, the pace to Barcelona because you never know. Barcelona is has been fantastic for the whole season, but uh, you know that until the end of the season they're going to drop points, and you have to uh, keep the fight until the end. But um, uh, they know how important is Europa League for for the club and uh, to be in Champions League uh, for next year. 
Yeah, so yeah, Atletico coming going all guns blazing in the Europa League is not good news for Arsenal in the United Kingdom. Obviously, Arsenal struggling, and uh, Europa League pretty much their only chance of making the Champions League uh, next season. Um, Louis, what what do you make of uh, Arsenal's current situation? Yeah, it's not a it's not a good situation. Um, uh, uh, all the the football fans, I think uh, we all like to to, to have uh, Arsenal at the top. Uh, it's, it's a team that we always like uh, to, to watch and play because we always try to do it with uh, with uh, a nice way, uh, keeping the ball, doing build-ups, and and in a fancy fancy uh, movement. But uh, well, it's, a, it's not a good situation. We saw the, the supporters not happy with the with the way the club is doing, with the coach, and well. It's a bit sad to be honest, and I think Europa League could be uh, a moment for them to to, to re- redeem all that all that passion they got about football. And like you said, uh, if they would they they got the talent on the on the on the team to to win it, uh, be in a Champions League next year because the uh, the other side is it looks very difficult to to grab the full position. Absolutely, uh, Louis. We know you've got a busy day, so we're we're going to let you go now. But I really really appreciate you joining us on the Mirror Football Podcast. Thank you very much, Louis Garcia. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Louis Garcia joining us there on the Mirror Football Podcast. Lovely to hear from him as always. Yeah, uh, good old Louis. Thanks. thanks what a man, Louis. Top what bloke. a man. Yeah, he's yeah. very handsome. Absolutely. Let's <laughs> cut his hair now, haven't yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I say yeah. I spoke to him briefly before we recorded it on air. It's just the nicest guy in the world. He's a really, yeah. really pleasant guy. So yeah, really appreciate having him on. Um, spoke about Arsenal there. Um, it, it, amazingly, we've gone through like 25 minutes of this podcast now, and we haven't mentioned Arsenal. And Arsenal are still the headline. Um, they think, play- think Arsenal fans probably be pleased that you haven't mentioned them <laughs> because at the moment all they're getting mentioned with is distress. It's so negative Just, there at the minute. Yeah, isn't it? it 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 feels like it's reached a tipping point over the past week that, or so. Now in the headline, um, and it's like it's just they're quite sort of. I think they're quite accepting the fact they're not very good at the minute and they just want to look forward, I think, to get to the end of the season. Yeah. I wonder whether the players think that too and and, uh, and whether they think, OK, Arsene Wenger's taken us as far as he can yeah. because they're certainly not, you know, in the Premier League, they've been absolutely diabolical. Yeah, there was a, an interesting clip after the Brighton game last weekend on uh, Arsenal Fan TV. Oh, oh. Good, good friends there. What's that? I've never heard uh, of that. What's no, that? No. <laughs> he, um, where's uh, his old, old Claude, who you know used to come on and, and, and do the talking? He, he's, he's, he stopped shouting and getting angry. He's that's just it. he's so down yeah. and dejected, and I think he that's just, it. It's, it's, it's just like it's like kicking a puppy now. It, 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 <laughs> it's just a bit like yeah, all right. It's it's not very good. They're good lads, the two of the Arsenal Fan TV boys, and it was funny. There was a conspiracy theory among some Arsenal fans that. Um, they get paid more when they lose games. So it's just bonkers. <laughs> I don't think any fan of their club would want to see them lose. So, oh, do you know what? I've got a bit of degree of sympathy with Arsenal fans at the moment because there's such a huge uncertainty around the club. Arsene Wenger's the man who can stop that, and the club owners, yeah. um, they need to come out and be very decisive and say, this is what is happening. Are they going to back him? If so, they're going to honour his contract, and this is how it is. And if we lose games, we carry on. Mm. But at the moment, it's, it's too much... Wenger's going to leave and this, that, and the other, and it's all up in the air. And Arsenal fans, for me, they deserve better. Yeah, just needs clarity, doesn't it? I think, I think, I think Jamie Carragher said it the other day where they could come out and, and announce now that he's going to go, and then for the rest of the season, it almost becomes a, a kind of celebration of what a great servant Arsene Wenger's been. Whereas in you know you've got you've got a half-empty stadium against Man City, and you've got fan, the fans who are there who did turn up are chanting against him. Your big, your big problem comes though if they do say he's going to stay for the duration of his yeah. contract 
that then those fans don't turn up for the remainder of this season and next season. I think they're gonna they're gonna be hitting the pocket this summer, aren't they, when they realise a second season without Champions League. And that's when you'll start to see some decisions, I think, from, from above when they look at the balance sheets. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Arsenal play Watford this weekend, uh, Sunday lunchtime uh, fixture. Uh, last time they played Watford, uh, obviously Watford came out on top and Troy Deeney questioned the cojones of, uh, of Arsenal. <laughs> You've been improving your Spanish, Aaron. Yeah, uh, I, I know, I know. Yeah. But, I think yeah. they lost at home to Watford last season as well. Um, that was the uh, game. Capu- Capua. Yeah, it was the game. Again, talking about Arsenal fan TV, I forgot one of the bo- whoever it is, one of the people on there was... Uh, <laughs> After the game, he he was he, he blamed it on the on the fact that it was raining, and um, <laughs> and it was then put to him. Well, it was raining for Watford as well, mate. You know, raining and, and goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They lost two one. Yeah, yeah. yeah conceded um, uh, twice in like the early early twenty minutes or something. It was it was raining for Watford. That too. that, that um, outburst from Troy Deeney, first of all, I thought it was brilliant, and it was a, a real sort of landmark moment in the season. If anything, that was probably the exact moment where Arsenal's season started to crumble. And it was Problem is, it was the same moment where Watford's season started to go wrong as well. <laughs> wasn't it? Well, actually, yeah, Chouinetti's so he's, he's obviously rediscovered his form of late, but it was refreshing to hear an honest um, assessment yeah, from from a like Premier that. League player. And I know that it didn't go down particularly well with with the Arsenal players, but too right. I mean, they, that game in particular, Arsenal should have won it. Mm. There's so many games like that this season where Arsenal should have won. He's been, he's and been proven right in the long run, hasn't he? He's yeah. been proven right in the long run. Obviously, Watford went went through their went through their wobbly bit, but they look all right now. Um, and yeah, I think I, I do think clubs like Watford in the middle of the Premier League probably look at a game against Arsenal. We saw Brighton, what they did to them. They probably look at a game against Arsenal now and 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 think that that's yeah. exactly what they're thinking. They're thinking if if we get on top of them, if we rattle them, if we get an early goal. Because Steve Sidwell uh, yeah. alluded to that too. He said, you know, we we identified a weakness and we exploited that, and it will be the same situation again for Watford when they play Arsenal. They'll know exactly the players they need to target and where the game can be won. And if we're being honest, we like when rival players give one another a little bit of need. Yeah, don't like, don't yeah. be don't be nice about one another. No. Go and tell you, you tell you how you really think. Chiellini yeah. after Spurs. Exactly, yeah. Sure. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I say uh, Watford have a, a player that's been attracting a fair bit of interest. Uh, I say a story from the Daily Mirror early this week. Uh, Abdoulaye Decore has had a great yeah, season, uh, but he has been now been linked with Manchester United mm-hmm. and and Liverpool. Uh, has he done enough to warrant a, he's a step done it, up to He's those done teams? enough for my fantasy football team all season. He's been fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like him. He's he's uh, quite energetic and he's he's got a few goals, hasn't he? He's got he's got um, you know well certainly for my fantasy football team he has. But um, yeah, he's he's probably one of them that is going to be. I think he's still quite young and he he probably is going to be linked with 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 a move in the summer. Where he fits into these sides is a debate for another day, I imagine. But yeah. he's certainly someone you can you can see adding to one of those squads. He certainly looks like he's got. You know the full package. He's a big lad. He gets around the pitch well. He's strong. He's good in the air. He's also got very good feet, technical yeah. ability. Can pick a pass. He's got a good hand. Scored that goal against Ramsey with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Again, well, fancy football. Watford desperate to tie him down to a contract, seventy grand a week. They're making their highest paid player there. But um, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether they can keep hold of him because when the big clubs come knocking, we know what happens. Absolutely. What's um, that? Definitely not. <laughs> Championship, I think. Anyway, um, also on Sunday, uh, Bournemouth take on Tottenham. Uh, Want to talk about Tottenham? Obviously, out of the Champions League now. Uh, it was all going so well. They went one 0 up. They were. Yeah. They looked quite comfortable for, I'd say, maybe an hour of that game. Yeah, well. Even though it was one 0 you kind of thought, oh, 
sort of done it. Yet, I had it? a conversation with a colleague of ours in the build-up to that game. A distraught colleague of ours. He's say. distraught now, and he he <laughs> insisted to me that Tottenham would go through. They'd drawn two all in Turin. The hard work was done, and I said, "You've got to think. This is a side that they know how to get results. They know how to travel this particular road. They basically know what to do." Spurs didn't know what to do in, in midweek. I think there was probably a slight, not just with our colleague, but there was a slight area of, of overconfidence just because of the way the first leg went, I think, given that they came back the way they did. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a shame because they, I, I, I like this Tottenham side, I think they're really good, but they just fell into the, the, the trap that they unfortunately well, always do. I was at Wembley and there was such a great atmosphere for that first hour. And I think that sort of atmosphere and the confidence probably reflected on the team where they were trying to get a second goal when in mm. actual fact Mauricio Pochettino should have perhaps brought on a holding midfielder in Wanyama and just tried to see out the 1-0 there should have been yeah. a bit more game management there because yeah. Juventus had to score two goals Tottenham didn't need to score another goal they they were they were in pole position to win that game and I think really a lot of praise has come from Pochettino but he showed himself there that he made he did make mistakes. I think you've got to question his players' mentality as well because, as you say, Tottenham were doing really well, leading 1-0. And then um, they get the goal for Higuain. And, you know, I think it's 169 seconds to the next goal. Mm. Spurs' reaction to that goal for Higuain, they needed somebody there grabbing his teammates and just going, look, that doesn't change yeah. much for us. You know, 1-1, we're still going through. Yeah, absolutely. Get your, get your heads up. Get back on it. We set about our task right away now. I think that's where you saw the difference between a, a kind of tried and tested European side who are used to these sort of occasions and a young yeah. up-and-coming side like Tottenham. Uh, there was a great shot of um, when Buffon made a save. Well, it was just when, when, when Chiellini made a clearance and him and Buffon. Are, yeah. And you can see in the background Harry Kane just almost like looking at him going, my God, these, these lads are mad. Like, uh, that's a winner's mentality. Yeah, and you can, if you're Harry Kane... You're, you know, as fantastic as Harry Kane is, he's going. That's Buffon. That's Chiellini. I've got to score a goal past them, and look at them—they're crazy. And he's, it, you can just see it. And you know, they, they don't do that. They don't do that on um, by accident. You know, they, they they make a show of celebrating these these things. And I think it, it got in Tottenham's heads. Yeah, it's really nice to see kind of so, two veterans be still mm. so passionate about everything they do. Never won that competition, have I? Yeah. It's much no. driving them. Yeah, and it could be their last chance to do it. So, you know, good luck to them. And I think for Tottenham now, the, the key is how do they respond? And to use a phrase coined by Ian Dowie, they need a bit of bounce back ability, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's um, a hard game. Bournemouth away is not easy, is it? And then, and then they're going to the FA Cup as well soon. You know, that takes on extra importance now. Yeah. Has to. Because they need a trophy, not want a trophy mm. in 10 years. Yeah, so uh, important times for Spurs. Coming up, uh, so we'll quickly fly through the rest of the Premier League fixtures uh, this weekend. Uh, Saturday evening, Chelsea host Crystal Palace. Um, very briefly on this, but Chelsea were an absolute disgrace last week. Uh, Manchester City. <laughs> Walking around the pitch, yeah, yeah. I agree with you, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm not happy with that at all. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't imagine that the Chelsea board, the hierarchy, will be looking at that and thinking, this is where our football club needs to play. It's uh, it was uh, scandalous, and I, I really didn't expect it from an Antonio Conte team. No, it was like someone was like controlled him on the PlayStation, and then like gone off to get a drink or something. And just <laughs> on the screen. Like they, they, they just weren't they weren't moving around. They weren't doing anything, and that particular shot, which kind of went a bit. I think a former colleague of ours tweeted something which which, which went pretty viral of, of the yeah. the. Uh, 
time when City are knocking the ball about and, and they're standing off and Fabregas just you know doing the, the exact opposite of what we associate with Cesc Fabregas the, amazing, about a bit. the amazing thing about that clip is that it happened in about the 70th minute yeah. Yeah. it wasn't like it was at a minute left there was well, 20 well, minutes then, of yeah. no, 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 no. no I'd, be, I'd be less fussed if that clip happened in the first 10 minutes when it's 0-0 mm. yeah, but when you're trailing, trailing yeah. and time's running out I mean, I, un- I un- Conte said, didn't he? You know, it's not, it's not, in his, it's not his, his business to go out and lose six or seven nil. But they're Chelsea. They're not, they're not going to go. They're, they're not they're champions. A, they're not exactly. Yeah, they're, they're not a lower league side going to Man City. I think there were too many players out on that pitch that that, that looked actually. looked like they felt inferior to Man yeah. City's players because the amount of times they had got the ball in a decent area, had a good option, and instead went backwards and played safe, and then it just ended with Thibaut Courtois. It's, 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 it's got them a long way off the top four now. They're, 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 they're sort of struggling there in fifth. Eden Hazard... Is well, he not, won't is, be happy, will he? Exactly. He's, he's going to be looking at that and going, you know, why can't I play for one of these teams who, who, who attack um, more uh, than, no, than that? Nothing sort of. will have done more to push him towards Real Madrid than that performance yeah. last week. Yeah. Totally. And, and now, obviously, Saturday against Crystal Palace. Palace fighting for their lives. Haven't won a game for a long while. I was quite impressed with them up until um, the, the latter stages against Manchester United. And they've proven they can go to St- uh, Stamford Bridge and get something out of it. So many so injuries. Are, yeah, yeah, injuries, but I think they might be buoyed by that performance against Man United. And um, I think they might get a point. And I, I think Chelsea's focus will be on the new camp. Absolutely. Uh, the other fixtures taking place this weekend. Uh, the sa- Saturday 3 p.m. is really interesting. Interesting for the the relegation battle. Uh, Newcastle against Southampton. Huddersfield against Swansea. West Ham against Burnley. Matty, what happened to West Ham last week? Yeah, an embarrassment. An absolute embarrassment. There was a couple of players actually went over to the fans at um, Swansea and said sorry. We are sorry. That was Pablo Zabaleta and Marco Anatovic. A lot of a lot of concern around this fixture for West Ham fans. There was um, a protest that was scheduled to take place, and it's not now. Um, and there's a lot of anti-board feeling amongst some fans. And basically, the club is at odds with itself in terms of the fans don't like the, the board, fans don't like the manager, um, the manager probably doesn't like the players. So you know, it's it's a real really sad environment there at the minute and this is a crucial game for West Ham a home to Burnley a good side and I think West Ham they must must win this game and if they don't I've got to be honest I'm very very worried that we could be relegated so, uh, three points off the bottom very very worrying in 13th place though it's mad it is we say it every week it's mad how many teams are, are in this relegation battle uh, West Brom look dead and buried. They host Leicester this weekend. Uh, Everton take on Brighton. Uh, Brighton on a bit of a run. Brilliant, looking yeah, all right now. Look like um, they've got goals. Goals about them now. Chris Hughes, unsung hero for me. I think he's done a wonderful job there. And well done, Brian. Brilliant yeah. to see. Done. They've, they've got all the. They've got a fantastic stadium. Really good fans, and it's just refreshing to see. Really. And yeah. they'll be, I think they'll be a comfortable Premier League side for for many years. Done very well. They don't get too up when they win a game. They don't get too down when they lose no. one. They're just very constant. Shane Duffy is one of my one of my favourite players in the Premier League. He's, and Dunk uh, as well. Yeah, Dunk's good. I just I just like like the fact he heads everything. Like anything that comes in, heads it away. It's good when the centre half heads the ball, isn't it? Good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it's nice. yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's as I say, you'd think they'll be comfortable for years to come. They kind of remind me of Stoke when they first came up. You never really had any real doubts that they were mm. going to go down. Oh, yeah. And they, they they were comfortable. Uh, Stoke round off the Premier League weekend at home to Manchester City. Okay. Uh, good luck, Stoke. 
Uh, that's Monday evening. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got time for this week on the Mirror Football Podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening once again. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and you can subscribe to us on all of them platforms. Uh, and we'd also very much appreciate it if you could give us a nice five star rating, uh, as always. Uh, but until next week, uh, enjoy all the action. Enjoy Manchester United against Liverpool. Hopefully, it won't be as boring as the one <laughs> uh, earlier this season. Um, you guys, thanks very much for, for joining Cheers, us. Mate. You're welcome. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye.